Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of Big League Flicks, a sports movie podcast. I'm Jamie McKinnon, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Christian Webster and Jordan Reed. Big evening ahead of us, boys. Hey, big one. How are we doing? Episode 10, boys. Huge. Can't believe we've actually made it this far without, uh, you know, falling off the wagon too many times. Uh, so pumped. Big game tonight. Raps game seven. We got to get the pod done early so we don't miss it. Got football coming back this weekend. Notre Dame starts tomorrow. We got the Niners rolling on Sunday. And uh, that team in Vegas, who knows what's going to happen with them. JR, what do you think? Well, what a weekend this could be if a Raptor win tonight. Get a good pod today. Great movie. Raptor win tonight. Irish win tomorrow. Las Vegas Raiders victory versus Carolina on Sunday afternoon. That's going to be a good one, guys. Might have to leave the old vehicles here, eh, boys? Take the Uber home tonight? It could be. I might use my my high star rating and put it to a test. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even going to start that. No. (laughs) Well, considering that the NBA playoffs are getting down to the nitty gritty, and considering we have a huge Game 7 tonight, as we mentioned, uh, I think it's uh, pretty fitting that we're doing a Hoops Classic movie tonight. Uh, so tonight we're hitting up the hard court with my boy, Ron Shelton's 1992 classic, White Men Can't Jump. Yeah! Oh, it is hard work being this good. Oh, oh, it hurts. Oh, it hurts. Come on. Baby, give it up. Turn it loose. It's not about black. I don't mean to brag, but I'm the greatest. That's because you never saw me. It's not about white. Honey, I'm home. How much money did you make today? I miss you too. I'm sorry, honey. It's about green. I want to find out how good you are, chump. Come on! I'm your white shadow. I have a business proposal for you, as if you don't mind hustling. What kind of hustle? $500, baby, and you can pick my teammate. Give him the chump. You mean play basketball? Hey, I got something for you. Shut your anorexic malnutrition tapeworm having overdose Dick Gregory Bahamian diet drinking ass up. Give me my money. I see you hustle. Hey, I never use your goofy white mother. Hey, who you calling goofy white mother? Give me your money. 500 divided by two. Woo! I'm gonna still love me. I love you, Infinity. But you should have said I love you infinity plus infinity. We shoot you, but first we want the money. There are rules to hustling. There's an ethics involved. Yeah, that you wouldn't know a damn thing about. <laughs> Will you explain to this Gladys Knight and the pips? It's pips! The pips! Winning and losing is all one big organic lobule. I hate it when you talk like that. You got that big Z in your fro, man. What are you, the black Zorro? What are you doing? I'm doing two things. What? I'm making them mad. Most guys don't play good when they're mad. Look, you know you're embarrassing me. That's what you're doing. Yeah, well, that's the other thing I'm doing. I only have four words for you. White men can't jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, unless you're new here, you know we don't start breaking things down with a nice cold pint on the go. So it's time for our brew review. What are we drinking, Webb? Well, boys, just like Sidney Dean says, it's hard goddamn work being this good. So I thought we needed a beer that reflected all the hard work us three slow, white, geeky chumps have put into making this pod to episode 10. And give ourselves a little pat on the back. 
So this week I decided to keep it local again and pay a visit to our friends at Riverhead Brewery and pick us up a few of their Cerveza Mexican Lagers. At 4.7%, this light lager with hints of lime uses New World hops to create a light lager that goes down smooth and quenches your thirst. Known as that lawnmower beer, because it's easily enjoyed during and after hardworking days, this beer is sure to pay you back for all your hard work and help you unwind at the end of a tough day. Don't forget it. Don't forget to check out the brewery if you're paying a visit to Kingston, or you can check them out online by visiting them at riverheadbrewing.com or follow them on social by checking them out on their Facebook page or on Twitter at Riverhead Brew and Instagram at Riverhead Brewing. Cheers, boys. Let's get into it. What a beer, Reed Webb. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. You are on Free fuego. Free Pub Riverhead. Wow. Remember that. On fuego tonight, Webb. <laughs> on fuego. Buzzing. Lowry from three. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I do like that. I like that a lot. It's a nice change from what we've been, you know, we, I think you mentioned it, Webb. We've been doing a lot of IPAs. Had to get off is, the IPA train. A lot of uh, feedback from people about the all the IPAs we've been doing. This is a California beach beer. This is hanging out. This is on your back You'd porch. You'd be taking this one to Venice Beach? I'd be taking this one to Venice Beach. I would be taking this one to Laguna Beach. I'd be taking this one to Hermosa Beach. <laughs> this thing would be coming to any beach in the LA area that I would go to. So what I about really Grass Creek Park? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> this would come to Grass Creek Park in beautiful Kingston, Ontario. Great beer. Good call. I, I Yeah, this is great. I'm enjoying it. Nice, mm. easy drinking beer. You know, we're we're at the tail end of summer. I'm still trying to hang on to a little bit of summer, so this is perfect. Totally, I'm gonna, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna have to put it to the test as the lawn mowing lawn mowing beer tomorrow when I'm oh, yeah. you know fighting that lawnmower again. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll put her to the test tomorrow. What do we got for a ranking, fellas? Well, I'll go first. I'm gonna. You know what? It's got a real nice design on the can too. Yeah, it's got a nice it's got a nice easy drinking finish flavor. I'm gonna go six point three. Yeah, I, I am actually really enjoying this one, guys. Really enjoying this one. I'm going pretty high. I'm going to go 7-4. Wow. I'm really, really liking this it's one. Making me look bad. Well, it's just I I really enjoy this one. I do. This is a, for me, it tastes like a craft Corona, if that makes sense. Yes. I mean, it is yep. a, a, it's a cerveza Mexican lager, so there should be some ties to, there that way. Um it's it's like yeah it's like a craft version of a Corona. It's got the hint of lime in it, but it's not too limey like that other lime beer they make. But uh, yeah, the the cerveza I'm like I'm liking this one quite a bit. I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go seven seven one seven one. You guys made me look bad. Seven one. Well, let's not look bad. Just I'm sorry, flavor. Riverhead. Don't lock me out when I come there next time. <laughs> I didn't know we were in one two three Main Street. <laughs> <laughs> His tapped rating just went down like a super Well, today, we're, as we mentioned, we're doing uh, White Men Can't Jump. So this was written and directed by our boy, Ron Shelton, who we've had on, uh, what have we done, just one Shelton, other Shelton? This is number three. This is number this three, is right? third. So we did Bull Durham. Tin Cup. And Tin Cup, that's right. And then now it's our third Shelton. It's not going to be the last Shelton we do either. No. I'm not going to lie. I feel like if I had the chance to hang out with Ron Shelton, I would take advantage of it because this dude sounds like he loves sports. You know you know when you do your, like, you can have dinner with, like, three or five people, whatever it is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He might be on my list now. <laughs> Add him in. I might have to take Jeter off. Like, I don't know. Jeter give you a sweet gift basket. Yeah, Jeter's still there. <laughs> Jeter's the still there. Yeah. Who do you guys have? Derek Jeter. On the list? Let's break into that just quick. Yeah, what do you guys have on your? You can pick three people to have dinner, uh, dinner and beers with. Living or non-living? Oh, that's a good uh, question. I don't know. 
Okay, I'm going to preface this before we begin. Can we leave out the sentimental choices? Like, we'll leave out relatives that we all would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, with. no. I'm this not is putting like, in my relatives. We're, we're going with, like, totally off the board, like, celebrities. Yeah, yeah, athletes. yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm having Tim Brown. Ooh, okay. Your turn, Webb. Oh, I think I'm going uh, Joe Montana, Michael Jordan, uh, Tiger Woods. That's a good list. Yeah. Uh, wow. Go ahead. A, Who else would you have? You want finishers up, Jerry? Yeah, I would go Tim Brown, then Ozzy Smith, and maybe after that, I'm kind of stuck on who I go with a little bit. But I know this sounds weird; it could be crazy. But like, I actually really like Gary Roberts, still a hockey player. Fair enough. Oh, yeah, I think he'd be super that's cool a great to talk pick. to, and I think he'd be neat. I think he'd drop a lot of knowledge on you. That's a hell of a pick. I'm, really I'm cool. torn. If we get an alternate, I only pick like myself and three others. But if I got a fourth slash fifth, uh, I think I'd have to reunite the MVP All Stars and Pro Stars, sorry, and go with Bo Jackson and Wayne Gretzky as well. Yeah, Bo right. on there, all right. Fair cool. enough. Yeah, I'm sticking with all athletes. Sorry, I can't. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I mean, movie oh. director aside, I'm going all athletes. Yeah. Also, I'm gonna go with Ken Griffey Jr. Oh yeah, he's my boy. Sneaky pick, right? Yeah. John McEnroe. Oh. oh. It's going to be a good night. And Henrik Lundqvist. Oh, you're just, I know why Henrik Lundqvist is there. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> just, I'm, just, I'm just putting this out there. I'm going water skiing by Henrik Lundqvist. <laughs> and you're going out for dinner in New York, so. Yeah, we're, exactly. It's a great tell. night in New York with Johnny oh, Mack yeah. and Hank Lundqvist. Yeah, absolutely. You're doing just fine. All right, so it was written and directed by Ron Shelton, who's an extremely talented guy. Uh, released in 1992 by 20th Century Fox. You got a 6.8 rating on Internet Movie Database, 76% on Rotten Tomatoes. Had a budget of $31 million, grossed uh, $90.8 million at the box office, so huge hit. Ooh, Music good. by good, Benny yeah. Wallace, starring Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson, and Rosie Perez. Quick movie synopsis. Billy Hoyle is a basketball hustler who bounces from city to city, staying one step ahead of his opponents due to his appearance and demeanor as a goofy, unathletic wannabe streetballer. Billy and his girlfriend Gloria are on the run from gangsters looking to cash in on an old debt and land in L.A. where Billy connects with talented streetballer Sidney Dean to become kings of the courts. Can Billy avoid the self-destruction that inevitably brings him down long enough to pay off his debt and keep Gloria? Sometimes when you win, you really lose, and sometimes when you lose, you really win. Let's jump into the character review, boys. Let's go ahead and start with our boy, Billy Hoyle, played by Woody Harrelson. JR, what do you got? Billy Hoyle. Uh, He's a perfect hustler. That unassuming look. He's still pulling off the Woody from Cheers thing a little bit. There's still some of that in there on him, and you can tell Woody Harrelson's riding on that. I had that goofy, unassuming guy completely gong show of a lifestyle there's no question all everything about him you want to root for him but at the same time you're just watching the like you're watching his life fall apart at the same time you're you know the sacrifices he's making the roots he's going down that he has that constant need to always push when he can never really be satisfied or never really sees what's in front of him uh i thought his character was great i thought he was a good basketball player I thought he brought a whole lot and a complete different dynamic. If he wasn't in this show, I don't know if you have a show really like, obviously the title, but like Harrelson's ability to carry that character and keep it going the whole time. He's really good at it. And one point, I mean, I had this awful lifestyle, but there was one point about him that I thought was kind of funny that stood out is the scene when he's adjusting for the win and he pulls out one of his hairs 
And then I'm like, hey, well, you're going to need that later in life, buddy. You might want to put that back in. Shots fired. (laughs) I thought that right away. I was like, hang on, Woody. You want that thing now? (laughs) You know, but I really enjoyed him. His one-liners, his goofiness, those hats, the clothes, the whole shtick about him. Uh, A cool car, which we're going to talk about later again. Um, I think he's kicking past the coverage a little bit with Rosie Perez. But I love I love that we're on the same wavelength with this. You know, Web, those are things I have to say. Fire away, buddy. Yeah, I was just gonna say uh, a touch of the hubris. Pretty prideful, this guy. Uh, I have deadbeat uh, because oh, yeah. he really is. I mean, Woody. If it's not Woody Harrelson, you hate this guy, right? True. Like, Woody Harrelson makes this guy. You feel kind of sorry for him in a way because he just seems so dumb. Uh, the Watts game is a perfect example of that. Uh, and we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on that in a little bit. I definitely also had, it's a perfect case. His relationship with Rosie Perez is definitely a case of uh, somebody being the reacher and somebody being the settler. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, he's definitely kicking past the coverage. I like that one. Kicking there. past the uh, coverage. I've never he heard He does. Of. I will say this. Whoever is in charge of, I don't know if Woody was in charge of picking out his own shoes or not for this movie. But uh, the shoe per- fit perfectly oh, yeah. uh, his character. So, mm-hmm. you know, Billy is very much about uh, the not looking flashy and right. So he picks the David Robinson signature shoe, right? He picks the command force, like great player, but has no flash whatsoever. Doesn't win anything until Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili and all those guys show up. Like perfect shoe for this character. Uh, I mean... What can you say? Like, he's just such a goober. You love him, though. Jamer, what do you think? Webb, did you have some ginseng before you came? I'm what is going on? Game seven tonight. The energy <laughs> is high. <laughs> Webb's on fire. <laughs> you, hey, you, Nick how Nurse, how call many, me. How many push-ups did you do before you came over here? A couple. Quick sesh. I I might just go in the house. I don't think you guys need me anymore. Quick Chelios workout for Lev over here. I don't have anything to add. You guys killed up paddleboard over here, eh? David Robinson had a shoe? He did. I had no idea. Yeah. I didn't even know he talked yeah. more than seven words at a time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the Admiral. The Admiral. I, I literally have nothing to add. You guys killed it. Let's go to Sidney Dean, played by Wesley Snipes. Ideal street baller, right? Uh, all about the flash. You know, this guy is the and one mixtape before the and one mixtape. Good one. This guy, uh, you know, he would rather look good uh, and lose versus winning. <laughs> Although he is surprisingly caring, right? Woody is his cross to bear. He lets us know that. Um, and he is going to look out for him. He feels bad for him in a lot of ways. So he's there to, to help out and, uh, and to try and kind of get him back on the tracks when Woody goes off. Also rocks some sweet shoes. He's got the air flights, uh, the light versions. And you guys may remember them from players such as Pip when he dunked all over Patrick Ewing. Oh yeah, very flashy. I, I wonder. It. I wonder if Pip watched Sydney Dean and then went and just jammed it right on Ewing's face, <laughs> sucking Knicks. Um, I had a few things for Sydney Dean. I loved the cocky attitude. You needed that in this movie, though. Not at the, the same time, you need the yappiness. You need, like you said, the elements of a street baller. This guy cannot like play like in a pro structured game. He needs this kind of world that he thrives in. And the show, I like the idea how you also saw him, like Bob said, like you saw a little bit more to him though, like he hustles, but he also hustles outside. He's got that construction thing going. He's doing a lot of things for, on another, like the social mobility piece. He's trying to get out of the Vista view apartments. What is, there's no Vista, there's working no view. Working his bag off. Yeah, yeah. he's working. He's honorable putting the work hustler. in. He is an honorable hustler. You kind of see that eventually it's just an act. 
and he's trying to get themselves into a better home. That I like the social mobility piece of him a little bit, where you, you kind of at the start, you're like, who is this guy, yada, yada. All of a sudden, you see him, you're like, oh, no, he's there's a little bit more to him, Jamer, than, you know, there's some layers to this guy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you nailed it. Like, And not to, like, kind of bring it down a notch, but he kind of showed, like, you think of all the things he has to do. He has to, not only is he hustling on the court and working his bag off there, but he's doing all these things off the court. And you think about L.A. during 1992, mm-hmm. you know, this is right after Rodney King, say, yeah. Yeah. all that stuff that's going on. Like, this is what, and, and like, tying it into, like, today's thing about, like, well, why doesn't, you know, everybody's just born equal in this country? No, they're not. This is what, like, a person like Sidney Dean growing up in South Central L.A. has to do. He's got to work, like, 16 jobs to try to to, to support for his family because of his plight being in that spot. The opportunities aren't there for them. So I, I thought they, they did really handle that well in this movie. And I think part of that, like Ron Shelton's a really in tune guy, or as the kids would say now, he's woke. Uh, <laughs> you could tell in a lot, in some of the, a lot of the movies he's written, in some of the interviews he's had too, he's, he's very cognizant of these things. Yeah. And not, they've written really well. Like you think of the way that he handles, like, this is a kind of a risky movie to do in 1992 in L.A., uh, you know, considering what just broke out with the riots in L.A. after the Rodney King incident. Yes. And I think that uh, um, in the writing, Shelton handled it. Like, he nailed it. And I know in some interviews he talked about, like, consulting with a lot of different people. So that just shows his, uh, which why he, he might make it into my top three and kick one of those guys out of there. It was. It was done with tact. Yeah. Yep. A lot of tact put into it, and you can tell it. W- it he took some time. And yeah. they did it right. Yeah, he did, you know, he did what, you know, we as white people should be doing right now and just shut up and listen for a little bit, oh, right? And then see well what put. I can help. And, yeah. uh, Very well put. You well. know, the the perfect example, and I know we're going to get into lines in a little bit, but the the conversation the two of them are having about hearing Jimmy versus listening to Jimmy, right? Like that that speaks to that whole racial divide and the idea of, uh, of being able to kind of like work together and actually how you hear it isn't how you're actually supposed to hear it right um so you know it, it was really really well done you're right he's spot on with his social justice piece for, for yep. sure let's talk about uh gloria clemente played by rosie perez awesome character again first of all i love jeopardy i love the show jeopardy i watch <laughs> it all the time at 7 30 at night i still love it alex trebek good canadian my wife and I will sit there. A little guy will be playing toys or read, we'll read a books or something like that. And then we pop on Jeopardy once in a while. I love that show so much. So good. Um, awesome character. She brought so much passion to the show. And she livened up a lot of scenes. Um, she's a beautiful woman. And I thought her acting kind of stood out in this. And Great. she had the ability to just... She took over scenes with, you know, like a Woody Harrelson at the time. who's a big-time actor. And she came out and kind of stole a lot of scenes. I love, I uh, made one note. I thought, uh, Webb, you like, might love this, the St. John sweatshirt. Yep. You know, yes. that's a big East for you. I thought yep. you might like that. Yep. Um, I love the idea of how she's trying to make herself better, herself better. And I'm sorry, but she's way too good for Billy. And you're like, anytime. Like, come on. You're jumping <laughs> hotel room to hotel room here. Yeah. Greasy hotels too. Like oh. we're talking hourly rate hotels here. She yeah. she uh vibrating bed. Yeah. <laughs> Put the corner in. Of vocabulary too. Like oh. quince. Like yeah. who knew? Right? Quiche, <laughs> quince. She's got about thirteen more yeah. of them. Uh seven uh, words to start with the letter Q. Yeah. She's <laughs> um, seven food. I, I same thing. I mean, she's beautiful. 
Thank you, Ron Shelton, for the side boob, by the way. I appreciated that. Um, <laughs> so did I also my, had... So I, did my uh, 13-year-old... <laughs> 13-year-old Jamer like that one, too? Oh, baby. <laughs> uh, I also had, as a kind of descriptors, I had volatile, because mm-hmm. she can go off the, the rails mm-hmm. pretty quick, uh, and sneaky, you know, that first little bit there, I, which, again, I don't really understand why it was thrown in there, looking back on it. The whole idea of her sneaking the the Stoli, the, the vodka drinks, right? Like, he's out hustling, and yep. she's, she's, like, day drinking, and I'm like... They never really kind of allude to anything with that. So I don't know what the purpose of that was. I really think that might have been just kind of the grittiness of being like oh, living the in a lifestyle. We're, we're living in lifestyle. poverty. We're living in poverty. There's yeah. definitely a lot of stress. Yeah. Okay. Like, being volatile, right? Like it's like flying off the handle one minute, being quick the next minute. I guess. Kind of lends to the lifestyle that they're living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess my only thing was the way that they presented it, right? Like he, he goes, he ducks into the bathroom and she's kind of like sneaking it. It yeah. was like she was trying to hide the fact that she was like an alcoholic, and I yeah, it, it never came across. She's got to be sad on like during the day. She's by herself. Yeah, just going there's got to be part of her that's that like Jeopardy book. Like, where do I get one of those books? Yeah, it's yeah. like the Uncle John bathroom reader. Apparently, like, <laughs> yeah, remember those? Yeah. Yeah. John <laughs> they were wicked. Um, I will say this though: she also does a great job at living up to the stereotype, and I'm sure I'm going to get some people mad at me for this one. Uh, well, is this a Skip Bayless moment? No, this is not that bad. Uh, <laughs> what an idiot. Uh, that when she has the conversation with Billy about being thirsty, like she, she's, she's playing the, the stereotypical, the, the more attractive the young female, the more crazy they seem to be. The crazy scale. The hot oh, crazy scale. I was yeah. going to say it, but I didn't want to say it. No, nah. it was a scale. Oh, he leave it up to me. Mean. Thanks, Webb. You're I'm welcome. already in shit with Riverhead. Let him keep going. He's O2. We'll just pile the whole O2. One, two, three, Main Street, Kingston, Ontario. <laughs> Six, one, three. Oh, God. Just... That's all I got. Sorry, James. Scratch my back with a hacksaw. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, let's move on. Any, okay, those are kind of like the big three. And th- this is another thing I love about Ron Shelton. He keeps it simple. Yes. Love that. You yes. get you got three big characters. Love we're gonna throw some. We're gonna sprinkle in some like really memorable other characters that like supporting characters. But we're gonna give you. We're not gonna you know spread it too thin. We're gonna give you three good meaty characters. So yeah, a lot of awesome. Love. He builds them really well. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm like gonna that. pump Ron Shelton's tires some more. Uh, so anyway. Let's talk about some other notable characters that you want to talk about. Anybody come to mind that you want to give a shout out to? Oh, I got a good one. Uh, old Ray. Oh, love Ray. Ray. Love Ray. Everybody oh, loves Raymond. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I love Raymond. Hey, so I'm going to get a laugh out of that. Come I'm on. i get my gun. Everyone loves Raymond. That's a good one. Come on. That's true. Ba-dum-bum. That's true. <laughs> <Oui>. <laughs> I love the uh, when he goes to get the money and he holds up the, the quickie mark. Raymond, is that true? <laughs> I know something. No, not part. Raymond. <laughs> and he sells him the gun. And then I love it. Raven goes and gets his other gun. <laughs> like, this is- hey, Marquez Johnson, like a yeah, legit, legit, legit NBA like stud. stud. I mean, the go into the glove box Good thing. I know, I know the go into the glove box thing is real. Yeah. You know, we can talk about that in the realism part. I know that's a real thing, but holy cow, that guy was funny. He he was a little comedic relief, but also super scary at the same time. Then just pulls out a blade. You're like, this guy, this, yeah. I mean, anyway, we'll, we'll probably talk about it a little bit later. At least I will. But I thought Raymond was a great character and brought a lot of validity to that culture of yeah. street ball. And hustling. Yeah. yeah and hustling yeah, and sure. things like that. Yeah. 
Uh, I like uh, Kadeem Harrison uh, Jr. Uh, Rocks a sweet pair of J's, by the way. Uh, And the Jordan jersey, fantastic. Amazing. Terrible basketball player. But <laughs> oh, how bad? Why was he playing in that like, tournament? I don't know what I I, I don't know. Uh, he's, he's not. He's, the, he's, he's like uh, Sydney's hype man. And all of a sudden, he thinks he can compete against. Them. He's hands down not the worst basketball player in this movie. Uh, that would be. Uh, I gotta look up what I had here. Oh, the, the, the guy had the bunions. Yeah, I the guy with the bunions who laid down with his girlfriend. Yeah. That guy was pretty bad. That guy was bad. Yeah, I can't remember. Or the guy him. that he gets in the mama joke for with. The, oh, the shorter the guy? That guy was yeah, terrible, yeah. too. He was pretty bad. That was... The uh, astronaut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your mom was an astronaut. My mom was too drunk to be an astronaut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, he's he's funny. He's got some... You know, he, again, provides that loud comic relief. So that was for me. Nice. I liked Rhonda Dean. Uh, that was uh, Sydney's wife. Put out a lot of, like, fires in this mm-hmm. movie, I thought. She's not in a lot, but she was a bit of a voice of reason. She had that moment, too, where they got robbed. And that's another thing, like going back to the reality of what people in the inner city have to live with. Mm-hmm. They have to live with that. Like they work, 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 and then something like that can happen very quickly, right? And bring them down. So obviously she was extremely upset. She's home with the kids. She's doing this. And then she had that moment too where she like apologizes and her and Sydney are back on the same page kind of thing. Mm-hmm. She's a strong character for me. And she, you know, she kind of put out that fire with Rosie coming, or sorry, uh, Gloria coming in and helped navigate that. She I was, really liked that scene. She was a very strong uh, counter puncher for Sydney. I you know what I liked good. in that scene, Jamie? You talked about how yep. strong she was. I liked how she's like, you're not getting your money back. Yeah, I loved that. She's, she's like, no, she's no, 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 a, no, no. You're not yeah. getting your money back. She's got her head in her. She's, she knows her stuff. She's, put, she's tough. You got she, hustled fair and square. She grew up in, you know, obviously in tough circumstances, and she's got that resolve. I, I really liked her as a character. And how about the Stucci brothers? Oh. Stucci oh. brothers. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, are they not just like the biggest low grade? gangsters you've ever seen oh yeah they uh like these guys are gonna get like look at the van they had too like yeah, that was the like plate a, two is from like louisiana <laughs> louisiana plate louisiana plates because that's where he said he played college ball right he said he played college in louisiana yeah and then he, he uh, so if they're betting that. on games so it's got to be d1 so he played d1 somewhere it's point shaven Point well, he could be a raging. I'm, I'm guessing it's yeah, a. Gonna say Louisiana. Kind of they must have. They must have been like kind of leaning towards LSU. I'm I was going to say. What's the uh, other one in uh, New Orleans? I can't remember the name of it right now. I'm sorry. Um, so LSU's what in ba- Baton Rouge? Baton Rouge. Yeah, there's one. Oh, I don't remember the name of it right now. Yeah. There's also the Louisiana Tech. Where's Tulane? Tulane. That's the one I'm That's thinking one. of. That's yeah. the one in New Orleans. Tulane's a good one. Tulane. Could be one of those places. It's got to be one of those two. Those gangsters were, uh, they were horrible. <laughs> They're cheap guns and bad silencers, bad hair, bad everything. I'm like, these guys are They were the worst actors in the movie, too, I thought. Yeah, they yeah, were. They were just brutal. Like, I, I just wanted to throw them out there because they were just like a kind of a running joke. Again, though, more of that comic relief. Yes, right? of course. Yes, I love 100%. Them. Of course. 100%. Uh, the only other one I want to throw out was uh, Duck Johnson and Eddie the King Faroo, played by uh, Freeman Williams and Lewis Price. So Freeman Williams actually was a player. He played in the NBA. High pick. Uh, Lewis Price was a musician, oddly. Really? So I, I thought that was kind of weird. Like, he looked like he could play. Lewis yeah, Price yeah. was the guy that had the flat top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he played uh, Eddie the King Farouk. I remember when I watched it before when I was younger and didn't really, you know, he didn't really know how to look stuff up or it wasn't really a thing. I remember thinking, these guys must have been former players because they don't speak and they just play, right? Yeah. They're in the scenes. Yeah. And then after I like did some research like for this, obviously when we watched yeah. it again, and I realized okay, Freeman Williams is legit. He played in the NBA. He was a guy. Um, 
Lewis Price, a musician, not really a basketball player. He doesn't have a speaking part. Why wouldn't you just get a guy that played? Yeah, you can yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's doing people. somebody a favor. But he no. looked like he could play. Yeah. Like he looked well, like I mean, player. I'm sure he. You know, he just because he's not a pro doesn't mean he wasn't. He didn't play anywhere. Legit something, right? Yeah, but they're definitely a high school. He looked good. He know. looked the party. He, he, yeah. he looked smooth in the scenes. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny. It's like because they've got guys that played in this movie it's, they've done a really good and that's what ron, ron we'll get into it later at the realism stuff but ron shelton he's known for that right very much so um yeah that, that, that's all i had anything else for characters no i do not no all right let's jump into quotes so i'll just throw a couple quotes to get it going <laughs> so there's the famous one by gloria which is kind of a running theme through the movie which is sometimes when you win you really lose and, and sometimes when you lose you really win and sometimes when you win or lose you actually tie and sometimes when you tie you actually win or lose that's deep it's so deep that's deep that's gloria. Isn't that deep that's gloria right there that's gloria to a t no wonder she writes a song for no kidding i had a gloria. quote i had a Dude, quote that i want to drop that I loved it. And I, my sister Sarah and I have said this for years, and it came to fruition one time. So when Kadeem Harrison's character, we're eating at Sizzler. We're going, yes. to Sizzler. we're going to Sizzler. I loved Sizzler Steakhouse when I was a kid. Hell Bangor, yeah. Maine had one, and that was a big deal when you went to the States. Damn right. Then when we were out in California, Sarah, my wife Melissa and I, were Sarah came out to meet us, and we were driving along. <laughs> And they had a Sizzler. No. And we, Sarah just goes, we're going to the Sizzler. <laughs> yeah. I love Sizzler. Sizzler. It's like a Ponderosa Steakhouse. It was yeah. wonderful in there. Um, that one came. And the other quote I had was, uh, where to go? Just all the mom, running mama jokes. I was just going to say, the oh. mama jokes. Yeah. That's, I remember, like, so this movie came out, what did we say, 91, 92? 92. So yeah. I, we would have been like, you know, late middle sc- or early middle school, maybe like, you know. Sixth, seventh grade? Sixth, seventh grade, yeah. J-Rex. Uh, <laughs> and I remember those mama jokes. And I must have used that, your mama's so fat when she broke her leg, gravy started pouring out. I don't know how many times I used that. On boys. But like, I love that line. I still, the, the only one that's better to me is from Bebe's kids. And it was, your mama's so fat when she went to school. She sat, she didn't sit near somebody. She sat near everybody. Uh, like, I always, thought, I always thought those were hilarious. Um, so those ones, that whole scene just, and the, the whole astronaut joke, like that whole scene to me is just priceless. I love it. With the trash talking that was going on. Ron Shelton kind of let them just kind of let it rip. Yeah. Because they, they were playing like actual games and like getting into it a little bit. And he just kind of filming. So with the mama joke scenes, they started throwing a couple mama jokes out. But I think they were getting some hiccups in the filming. So Ron Shelton was getting frustrated. So he said, guys, go home. Get some mama jokes together if you want to do that stuff. That's what you're getting into. And then come back the next day. So they all went home and like came up with mama jokes. <laughs> That's amazing. And brought them in on like. You know, That's the, amazing. What was the computer paper where they had the circles on the oh, side? Oh, where you flip the sides and you pull <laughs> yeah. it off, the most satisfying feeling in the world. When you pl- <laughs> dot matrix. Dot matrix. Dot matrix. They all came in with dot matrix, like pieces of paper with mama jokes on them and, start, and they started rehearsing them and That's just amazing. killed it. Like, because I was like peeing myself listening oh, to that scene. Like, it was amazing. Loved oh. it. That's a, pulling the side off dot matrix paper, the best. <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite, and this is like obviously a classic one, but when they're dr- riding, when they're going to drop Sydney off, at his place and they're in the car and, and he puts Jimi Hendrix in and he's like, y- you can listen to Jimmy, but you can't hear Jimmy. That's the difference. Like you can't hear Jimmy. And he's like, what am I supposed to do? Eat it. <laughs> like that whole scene there where he does that. Like 
Love that one. And then he talks about like uh, Gladys Knight and the and the pimps. Yeah. And it's like it's the pimps. <laughs> it's the pimps. And I'm lo- I love that they did it this way at the end. You know, you know when uh, when Sydney's like, "You owe me big," and he did. So he owed him big. So at the end, they got to go play to make some money off of uh, the duck and the king. Yeah. And he's you know obviously got that kind of last stand with Gloria, and he's like, "I guarantee victory and all that." And then afterwards, when he comes back and Gloria's gone, and and Sydney's like, "Billy, I have four words for you." Listen to the woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Billy's like, what the hell does that mean? I tried to listen to the woman. You told me you talked me out of it. And he goes, wait a minute. I didn't talk you out of anything. I presented you with an option and you took it. <laughs> so it was Rather like, quickly, I might add. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. You know, because that was kind of the thing throughout it. Like Billy just oh, yeah. self-implodes all the time, right? All right. Let's, he's, got uh, little, he's got a little tin cup in him. It's true. You look at that and could be a theme throughout some Shelton movies. Oh, yep. God, yeah. All right, boys, let's jump into uh, some little-known facts here. So when Woody Harrelson was making this movie, the producers hired Bob Lanier, the retired uh, Detroit Pistons center, as their basketball consultant on the, on the movie. So Harrelson, who had played some basketball in college, was bragging to Lanier about what a great player he was. Lanier invited Harrelson to play a little one-on-one. Harrelson later described it as the most embarrassing 15 minutes of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Stick to golf, Woody. Yeah. Stick to golf. So according to their basketball instructors, Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson eventually reached the skill level to be able to start for the NCAA Division Three team. It's pretty solid. Yeah, it's good. Um, I'm gonna go bullshit on that one. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good level. Like I've at Clarkson, we had the NCAA Division Three. Those guys were studs. Mm-hmm. We had a ton of guys from Brooklyn, and they were all just it was like highlight reels, unreal. I mean, keep in mind it's a totally different era and the style of basketball those two guys are playing maybe i mean it's hard to say right like yeah. street ball players versus guys playing five on five in a gym it's completely it's different. A, it's a different yeah. game 100 yeah. so, the structures i mean yeah. i don't know whatever who knows they're pretty yeah. small too yeah they're oh, yeah. Yeah. snipes especially five eight yeah. yeah well i think woody might be like five eleven five five eleven well passenger 57 is about five eight so yeah well who knows well, yeah we'll have to look that up <laughs> So in the film, Woody Harrelson dunked. It was not on a 10-foot hoop, but actually a nine-and-a-half-foot hoop. So he couldn't quite dunk on a 10-foot hoop. So it makes sense. I had to lower it. Because you no know when he was there. When he, I think when he was running up and trying to dunk it, that was probably a 10. It looked mm-hmm. it looked about, you know. It looked regulation. Yeah, it looked regulation. How old is he now? How old was he when he was doing this movie, too? Uh, he must have been, like, Maybe early thirties. I was gonna say, like I put him. I put you said he's like five eleven, so he's like maybe my height, maybe a little bit more. And I mean, that's about right. He's in shape. I was gonna say he's cut. He's super cut in this. Super cut. He definitely Uh, worked out. Yeah, even at my best, I'm I'm not getting top rim, and I I mean I could jump pretty decent for a little white kid. I thought it was like when I was in high school, at my best, I could jump up and grab the rim. That was it. And you're what six one six six one. Yeah, Um, and. Remember when uh, Sidney Dean or uh, Wesley Snipes tested it? Mm-hmm. He jumped up and just grabbed the rim. But meanwhile, he's like crushing dunks in the scenes, right? Like it's like, uh, you just grabbed the rim. Like there's no way. Like, you know what I mean? Like I don't think he could have dunked. He might have been able to sh- just barely It goes to show dunk. you though, like Wesley Snipes just has massive legs and like a ridiculous core, right? Like that's where yeah. you get all your jumping ability. Right, from. right, right. He's got a long reach too. His arms long, are long. super long arms. His He'd arms be good are boxer. very yeah, long. Super yeah. long arms. Be a good boxer. Be a good good athlete. athlete. He is a good athlete. Very athletic. Yep. 
So in the film, Woody Harrelson's character makes a reference to the, the suspected John F. Kennedy assassin, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. In real life, Harrelson's own father had also been targeted as a possible accomplice in, uh, accomplice in the killing. That's kind of wild. A, yeah, that is wild. pretty interesting. I didn't know that about him or his family. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Very crazy. So Woody Harrelson was significantly better at basketball than Wesley Snipes, apparently. However, in the movie, they are depicted as equals, though Harrelson's character famously cannot dunk. I don't... Uh, Woody, I, I, I would probably take him in the one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to uh, Mike Stevenson and the Not Enough Mike's podcast. Yeah. We're talking about this with Cabby. Um, Mike, thanks for all the listening and uh, supporting us as well. But Great podcast, uh, they, too. They brought it this is. up. My thing with Woody Harrelson here, his release point on his shot, he would just get that thing stuffed back in his face because it's like <laughs> behind his head. I, I said that I had a note about that. Uh, he has like the butterfly release, you know, like the two-handed butterfly. Yeah. He doesn't have a very good. I thought that uh, Wesley had a much better release, um, but I had an. But also, I I read in an interview with, I think it was Shelton and Bob Lanier that Wesley Snipes had really good handles, and you know he was very athletic and he could pass the ball well and he had like good skills that way. But he couldn't shoot a lick. Yeah, they were saying he couldn't he couldn't hit anything. But I thought his form looked a lot better. Yeah, in the shooting scene where he has the, the you know the the shootout with Woody there, he's got a weird follow through, right? Like there's a couple times you watch it and he yeah. he land he's as he's like kind of following through, he's turning sideways and his shoulders are turning in. Good point. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and so like it's not surprising that he clanks out that last one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you know, it is what it is. But like right. he he he. he is not the best of shooters. I would yeah, think. his feet look like yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just turns in really weird. Like it's fundamentally, it's terrible shooting. So NBA player Gary Payton made an unaccredited appearance as an unidentified streetballer. I I had Was read he? this before this, and I really looked hard, and I couldn't find. Gary I didn't, Payton. See, him I didn't see him. At I didn't all. see him at all. But you know I even what? went back and watched it to this try is to one find of, him. in that in the whole like we were talking earlier about the mama joke scene. Mm-hmm. This guy is like the ultimate shit talker of the yeah, NBA. Like, he'd be yeah. great. Like oh God, there's yeah. there's epic like he's he basically has said in multiple interviews that I've listened to him talk about this. GP only, would have been probably just finished his first year with the Sonics. Yeah, he's from Oakland. The only guy he said like they would ever give him kind of like he wouldn't talk real shit to was MJ. Black yeah. Cat, nobody's talking shit to because Black well, Cat's going to take you down. He remember he tried to he did try to trash talk yeah. me in the one and yeah. then uh, in the what, what was the documentary we just watched last dance. last, last dance, dance. Yeah. and then MJ gave that little funny laugh and he's just like. I wasn't do worried this. about yeah. the glove. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Or he goes, he goes, the glove, yeah. like mockingly. And then he's like, I wasn't worried about him. Just too much. That's the kind of thing the, uh, you let the old Hell sleeping dogs lie on this one and you just stay real quiet. Yeah. Gary yeah. Payton would have been, they should have put him in this zone and let him have some lines. He would have been yeah. fantastic. I think, it, I think awesome. it was because he was yeah. so young. He would have been like, what? He, I don't he know. He just 21. oozes personality though. Yeah. yeah. He's awesome. So There's a reason why he's been able to transition to TV. Yeah. You know, like, good old fox sports one there or whatever it was mm-hmm. with jay and dan making the leap but like gary payton was one of their regular guys right and i i, I want to see him get back into tv because he's just so well outspoken like i'd love to see him on the tnt set you know I think yeah he, he'd be I good think, on there i think he'd be hilarious he he would give a good dynamic back in there yeah all right so charlie sheen was the first choice actually to play billy hoyle he turned it down saying he didn't feel it would be that much fun he's much more connected to baseball than basketball so that's why he kind of like doing basketball baseball movies um had sheen accepted he would have been reunited with his major league co-star wesley snipes so you know what good for him yeah that's i a, think that's I, right you know, people rip on charlie sheen 
It's true. He loves baseball, and he could have taken he, it for the paycheck, but he didn't. He knew somebody else could do a better good job. For him. He wouldn't yeah. have been good in this role anyway. Not at all. He, Not really. He, Charlie Sheen, slow. Well, and he deli- he he exudes too much confidence, right? Like he's too cool too. Like yeah, you know what that's he's what I mean. Sure. Like he's really cool, cool and, and confident. And Woody Harrelson is the exact opposite. And if you're gonna play that white geeky chump. Right, like Charlie Sheen's not a chump looking guy. No, 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 he's not. So Marquez Johnson has a supporting role as a lovable Raymond, who (laughs) loses a game to Snipes and Harrelson. So uh, Marquez Johnson was a star for UCLA's 1974-75 national championship team, which was coached by John Wooden. He later played for the NBA's Bucks, Clippers, and Warriors, making five All-Star game appearances. Freeman Williams, who played Duck Johnson. Also had a really distinguished uh, NBA career. Played for the Clippers, Jazz, and Bullets from 78 to 86. He was the eighth overall pick in the 78 draft, two picks behind uh, Larry Bird, and averaged 14.7 points per game over six NBA seasons. He was once traded for Dominique Wilkins. That poor guy played on some terrible franchises. Yeah, those are some bad, (laughs) especially during those times. Yeah, Yeah. tough years. There's not some winning franchises. It's pretty bad when your highlight is that you got traded for Neek. (laughs) The human highlight reel. So Dwayne Johnson, who, or sorry, Dwayne Martin. The Rock. (laughs) Dwayne Johnson. The the people's player. (laughs) You smell what the Rock. (laughs) Um, Dwayne Martin, sorry, uh, who also starred in Above the Rim. Played Division Three basketball at NYU and was signed as an undrafted free agent by the New York Knicks. He was cut during camp and gave basketball up for an acting career. He's a, he's he's good. Like he's a he's got some skills. So he's Real, smart too. He went to NYU. He yeah, right. very smart. Yeah. Uh, he's he's Kyle Lee Watson. He's Kyle, fantastic Lee Watson. <laughs> very, I'm gonna very save good. all my comments on Kyle. Lee is he ra- is he related that. to Randy Watson from uh, Coming to America? <laughs> <laughs> He good. He good. <laughs> uh, Nigel Miguel, who played Dwayne Martin's teammate in the tournament, my new best friend, black team. Oh, Web Web's like all he, over Nigel he, Miguel right now after doing our research. Nigel so, Miguel, he really likes you right now. He's oh, all yeah. over you on the computer. Nigel Miguel, you may make my list of dinner. He's up <laughs> there. He's up there. He was a former uh, Pac-10 Defensive Player of the Year, first team All Pac-10 with UCLA. He was drafted in the third round by the New Jersey Nets. And uh, maybe I'll let Webb just go. He's also a body double for the GOAT, okay, for Michael Jordan. And he was an advisor on Space Jam. He's in the air up there. He's in a bunch of other movies. This is just all Wikipedia, folks. Uh, Not doing any, like, real in-depth research here. But, like, this dude is – he's up there. He's in Blue Chips. If there's a basketball movie that's been made, this guy is in it. He is fantastic. I love him. He's the brother that comes off the bench in the air up there. Oh, awesome. Webb, there's also a – Restraining order out on what, uh, Christian Webster <laughs> hey, <how's he? laughs> from the Nigel Miguel's estate. <laughs> There's a 500 meter <laughs> UCLA though. Like I gotta look this Legit. up. When did he play? What? When did he play at UCLA? Ooh, it'd be in the 80s. I was gonna say. So like after Wooden, right? Oh, no, Wooden might have been there. Uh, no, Wooden's, Wooden was Wooden's out done by then. Was he? By oh, yeah. late 70s, yeah, I believe. Yeah, he, he's an old man. I'm gonna have to yeah, look that one up. Right, right. Yeah. All conference though in the Pac-10. That's pretty. He's like that's a hell of a. That's a. He's a hell of a player back then, especially defensive player of the year too. Yeah, that's pretty good. 1994. Uh, like I'm wonder. I gotta look this up because I feel. I have a feeling like one with the O'Bannons. I was about to say that's O'Bannon time. I was gonna say I feel like he was there then when they were making a sick run. Arkansas in the final. Yeah, this guy. Corliss Williams. Williams in Arkansas. No, this would have been the 80s. He would have played in the 80s. Okay, I'm gonna look this up. Yeah, my boy. So, writer and director Ron Shelton wrote the first 37 pages in one night. 
until things came to a complete halt. It was written very fast, he explains. I was trying to figure out what glorious thing was going to be. It had to be unconnected from the guys because that's kind of big for me, which you kind of see with some of his other movies, right? Yes. Uh, To make sure that the women aren't defined in terms of like guy business, so to speak. After he heard someone discussing their friend's aspiration to get on Jeopardy, the final piece was in place. There's no logic to it. It's just sort of like kind of a Hollywood dream. I thought that really worked well in this movie. You know, that I loved how Gloria had these like ridiculous aspirations that everybody else but her knew that were stupid, but they allowed her to just kind of go with them. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I loved that part of it. And she just happens to get on the lot because of a security guard, and that somehow hey, gets her on the show. We got we got some notes in the real Alex, <laughs> Alex Trebek. <laughs> Don't Sudbury's own. What is bullshit, Alex? Yeah, no shit. So after first bonding on the film Wildcats from 1986, so I think that film had like Goldie Hawn in it as like the coach. It was a football movie. Oh anyway, uh, Snipes and Harrelson further established their strong friendship on this movie. As young actors on the rise, living and filming in Los Angeles, they had a good time. Maybe too good a time. (laughs) According to Snipes, it's one of the fondest experiences of his professional life. I made a lifelong friend and a spiritual brother. They really, their connection, you could really tell on the film, I thought. Yes. Yeah. So I wasn't surprised when I heard, like, they're, like, pretty tight. They're really good friends in real life. I thought it was pretty cool. So there was originally supposed to be a sequel and a TV series, but Ron Shelton had to reluctantly sue 20th Century Fox for breach of contract in 1997, a suit that he ended up winning to the tune of $10 million. How are you? You don't, you don't mess with my boy, Ronnie. No, no. Ronnie's hey? got some principles. He does. So while uh, while Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson had passed the basketball test to land the roles of Sidney and Billy, their training was just beginning. We played all day, every day, says Snipes, who studied uh, Tim Archibald's tapes. To, tiny, uh, tiny. Tiny. Tiny Tim Archibald, top his game. Six days a week, we were on the court, both learning new moves and becoming familiar with Shelton's playbook. To ensure the basketball scenes don't look completely choreographed, once the scripted plays were shot, Shelton kept the cameras rolling and told everyone to play to win, leading to some fierce taped battles. So I like that. That mm-hmm. really leads to the to the realism of it, That's right? It's like my dream. It also brings Absolutely. a culture to it. Yeah. Like you, you're current and you're going and your juices are kind of going and your intensity's up. You have some adrenaline rolling on those well, scenes so he, you can bring passion. And he was yeah. inspired by this movie because he's a heck, he plays a lot of street ball himself, right? He Shelton, does. Or he used to anyway. Yeah, yeah, he did. There was a lot of things that were interjected from his youth. So the sense of competition continued off camera as well. In a movie about hustlers, betting and schemes were an everyday occurrence on set, whether it was shooting a shooting contest or else improving that white men can jump. On a nine-foot rim, that is. So during the filming of the scene in which Billy loses his winnings in an attempt to prove to Sidney that he can dunk, Harrelson had his own score to win, placing a wager with his co-star that he could actually dunk. As Snipes would head back to his trailer between takes, the crew was slightly lowering the rim without his knowledge. Eventually, it was enough for Harrelson to slam it home. They lowered the rim and put stickum on his hands, laughed Snipes. I already had the money spent. I came out of the trailer, came back to the set. He went up there and dunked it. Everyone was going nuts. And I went, wait a minute, something's wrong here. So I dunked it and immediately it was like, come on, you guys, you rule over the rim. That's funny. <laughs> That's pretty Stick awesome. him on his hands. <laughs> Stick I love how he says that, yeah. How about this? So David Duchovny and Keanu Reeves were considered for the role of Billy Hoyle. David Duchovny, no way. No way. 
no. This is no. the second time Duchovny's no. popped up in a Shelton movie. This is for, cast right. He uh, Duchovny was up for the role of Nuke Lelouch. I was going to say, Keanu for me the same reason, right? Like he he's too, too much. Cool. He's too cool and confident. He's the Charlie Sheen, yeah. but like he's Ted too. Like mm, you're just, right. Yeah, no, no. He I think yeah I think you're right because he had already done Point Break at this point. Yeah. You can't go from point rank to this. He, oh, no, no. He hadn't done speed yet. Speed's coming later. Like maybe if later, he, maybe two. Yeah, maybe if later. he had just done Bill and Ted's and into this, you could consider it. Yeah. Because he's goofy and Bill and Ted, right? Yeah. But you can't go from point break to this. No. No. It's just not, not believable. No. 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 I You couldn't put a better person in the role, I think. The role of uh, Gloria was originally written to be a white, upper-class Southern woman. Holly Hunter and Rachel Griffiths were originally favored for the role of Gloria. When Rosie Perez auditioned, Shelton completely rewrote the character. Apparently, the studio didn't want a Puerto Rican to play the role, and they were really adamant about a white, upper-class Southern girl to play the role, the old Southern belle. When Snipes and Harrelson caught wind of it, they went to bat for Rosie and put pressure on the studio to tab her. I thought that was pretty awesome. That is awesome. It's too cliche to have the white, upper-class Southern girl. You're in California. You need somebody it's of not Latino real. descent, do you not? You're yeah, I would LA. think so. I like, mean, the other thing, too, is... It's been done too yeah. many times. Though. And you need you a Spanish-speaking person in yeah. California. It, it would be very similar to Shelton's other movies, too. Yeah, right? like yeah. It, it's, when we're talking about pattern, like that would have been like three in a row that of course. Know, all yeah. show that same almost exact thing. Yeah, I, I was glad that they... That, and apparently Ron Shelton was adamant to go it's with Rosie. It's a Rose completely well. different movie without her in it. No, of course. For sure. She's critical. Yeah. JR, you're going to love this. In the movie, Billy drives a 1967 Oldsmobile Cutlass convertible. Great car. It was a great car. Great car. Yeah. How about this? Uh, uh, This is for Webb here. So Phil Morris, who plays Jackie Childs on Seinfeld, auditioned for the role (laughs) of Sidney Dean. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Can I throw Uh, something in here, Jimmer? Yes. Yes. Okay. Ron Shelton movies. Correct me if I'm wrong. Look at some of the protagonists in Ron Shelton movies. Sidney drives a Firebird. Yes. Okay. Great car. Maybe. You look at Billy with a cutlass. Loves you his look convertibles. At Roy's Winnebago. You look at Crash's cars. Do his protagonists always have some kind of cool yeah. ride of some sort? A little bit yeah. rough around the edges, but wicked ride. Well, yeah. and even even uh, I'm drawing a blank now. And baggy pants. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but with the uh, oh my gosh, why the the I'll say the antagonist in Tin Cup. Why am I Don Johnson? Don Johnson, thank you. His car, he's got a convertible rocking too. There's some really good rides in yeah. his movies, oh, yeah. and you're always looking at them. You're like, these are some sweet rides. Great rides. Tyra Farrell beat out Halle Berry and Angela Bassett. 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 I thought it was Bassett. 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 Oh, Angela okay. Bassett. I'm, I'm worse actress. at names than anyone. Good actress. Yeah, great actress. She just turned like 62 or something mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, I saw she yesterday. looks like she's like mm-hmm. 35. Yeah. Uh, for the role of Rhonda Dean. Makes sense. Some good actresses, but a little too early in. Ah, Bassett would have been a good Rhonda Dean too. Yeah, she. Yeah, I think Halle Berry would be a little bit too young. young. I think Bassett would play a great. I feel like role as well. I feel like this role is too small for Angela Bassett though. At that time, especially, yeah, yeah fair maybe, enough, yeah. maybe. But I thought Tyra though. Tyra Farrell did a really good job. She was awesome. She was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And Halle Berry's not nearly experienced enough, right? Because no. she hasn't even done the program. She hasn't even done the program yet. Yeah. That was her breakthrough, yeah. really. Mm. Um, the scene where Rosie Perez says Mount Suvius wasn't, yeah. wasn't actually in the script. <laughs> Neither was Alex Trebek's reaction, which how about how <laughs> slick and awesome he is. That was all done in stride. What a legend. What do you think they got to pay him for that cameo? Ooh. Ooh, I wonder if he just took like 
Because uh, they would have to kickback and everything. I wonder like if that. he just took kickback or something from it. Do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Jeopardy's rocking by they now. That would have been a big. They would have had to pay the studio or whatever it was a lot to get Jeopardy to agree. Well, that, unless right? they're on the same lot to, to begin with, right? Maybe. Johnny's voice and all still big. Like, that's like if they're. Hard. I don't like. I don't know who is this a, a Warner Brothers or something. I can't remember what you said in the intro, but like, yeah, maybe if if they're, they're all on the same thing. lot to begin with. They might just be killing two birds. It's free but to pop get Johnny's voice, a disco queen. Good point. <laughs> like that's the good best point. Of it is free pub for, pub for the show. Yeah. That's a good point. So this one is hilarious, and another reason why Ron Shelton might be at my dinner table. Shelton was running out of budget on the film, and he needed half days of extra work to get shooting done, which amounted to about $15,000. While arguing with the studio execs, Shelton said, Let's shoot for it. If I win, you approve the fifteen grand I need. If you win, I'll make do without the extra day. So Shelton ended up winning on the last shot for the fifteen grand. Fantastic, <laughs> fantastic, legend. That just got the the uh, Venice Beach Boys in that scene. In that's what I'm totally guessing. did, totally <laughs> did. Yeah, yeah. Those guys are awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, let's jump into our realism review. Was the movie realistic, and did it do justice to the sport? All right, I'm going to chime in on this one. A couple things uh, before I pass it over to you on this one, Web. Okay. All right. A couple things I have. Um, first of all, uh, the idea of some of the first of all the Cali picks are fantastic. I love the like the California scenery. Venice Beach looks like that. All that is very cool and very authentic. I had a few things like when he goes into Watts. That's a rough area. So one of those things. I don't know if they really like. You know, Wesley Snipes says a little bit, but that's a tough, tough place to come into in 1992 for Billy Hoyle. Um, one of those things was, you know, I thought that was in mind. Um, I thought the holdup scene was Ray. That kind of stuff happens. That's very real. And if you look at any research, like I said earlier, going to the glove box, that's a very, like, I learned that a long time ago. Um, I also had in the non-realistic, I don't know if the hustle would work be in modern day times with cell phones. Like, I, I think they'd just be a heads up. Here's what ha- is going to happen. You're going to see this, that, and the other thing coming and kind of be ready. But I thought they did a good job on some of the aspects, um, some of the basketball, some of the intensity. I thought the intensity was really real, where there was the anger, the emotion, things like that, Web. Yeah. Where I was like, that's legit. And the passion. And I'm kind of going to pass it over to you because I know you're ready to rock. Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of the things you touched on in terms of the realism aspect, uh, the idea that, you know, street ball is a little bit more physical, right? Like you're not, you got guys who are setting all kinds of crazy illegal picks and things like that, mm-hmm. but it's, it's fine. Uh, the amount of shit talking that goes on and trash talking, a hundred percent accurate, especially yeah. when you're, when you're playing. Uh, Venice beach courts are legendary. I mean, the only other outdoor courts that are probably more legendary than the Venice beach courts are Rucker Park. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're getting out for runs there. But yeah, in terms of some of the realism piece, again, we talked a little, or I talked a little bit about the, the form of some of their shooting, you know, suspect. Pretty sure the the hustle, like you said, okay, we're talking about LA. We're going into Watts, right? Predominantly African American neighborhood. Mm-hmm. There no, there's no way they're not picking up on the one white guy in the hood sitting there, right? Yeah. So like, I don't see that hustle being a legit hustle. Like, there's a huge realism piece that to me. And the other thing, because I'm pretty sure this is when they play. Uh, in Watts, they lose, right? That's the, he, the, the, the time. Uh, Billy gets hustled. In Billy Watts. gets hustled. So here's the thing. They're playing make it, take it, right? So you make the basket, you take it. So first first points out the game, well, they make the ball. 
And yet you watch the next thing, they turn the, like they give the ball back to the other team. They never should have given the ball back. If you make it, you take it and you keep playing. So there was a little, and I don't know if that was just a slip and nobody caught that or what that was, but that never happens. Like there's, <laughs> there's arguments, there's fist fights. If you're playing make it, take it and you don't give the ball back and check it out properly. So Good you know, catch. Mm-hmm. that was, that was a couple of the things for me. Um, the only other little thing that I found kind of interesting. And again, I don't know the background of this. But the two-ball uh, tournament, did you see who the sponsor was? This is going to be a no. weird, obscure fact. So the, the sponsor was Mikasa, M-I-K-A-S-A. Are they the volleyball? They company? are a volleyball. Yes, oh. that's a volleyball company. They are a huge Venice Great Beach ball. So run. I'm wondering if Shelton just sat there and was like, oh, there's this volleyball tournament going on. We'll just fire in this stuff here, right? Like a beach mm-hmm. volleyball tournament, and they'll be our background sponsors. Like They ended up getting that for free or something like that. Now, I looked it up. Now, Mikasa does make basketballs and stuff like that. And again, I don't know way back in the early 90s if that was the case, but I'm saying... I looked at that and I was like, that's a volleyball company. I Good. know. I've ordered those for my school. Good oh, 100%. Pickup, you know what, Webb? There's some validity to that because one time Melissa and I were mm-hmm. out there and we were in Manhattan Beach and there was literally, we stumbled on an AVP volleyball tournament. Yeah, 100%. And they're everywhere. Yeah. There's like 20 courts. It looks like Wimbledon of volleyball. You're like, there's, for sure. And there's that, like, that brand is everywhere. So wow. that's a good point. Yep. Other than that, the only other thing I had was, uh, when I went back and I was looking at uh, the worst uh, teammates there, when I say another one worse than Kadeem Harrison, it's Raymond's teammate. Raymond's teammate is the absolute, has to be like the worst street ball player I've ever seen. Like he just gets dummied every single play. He is awful. Go back and watch just him and you'll be pissing yourself at how bad he is. Well, he had a hall, he's playing with a Hall of Famers. So. Oh, that's I mean. true. That's true. <laughs> Uh, all right, that's on all I got. Jamer, on to you. No, I, you guys really nailed a lot. Webb, you're on fire tonight. It's I just got to reiterate. I love this man. <laughs> love it. Um, Raps on. Just What's very, fun? very quickly. I just, I just thought I really love, and this is classic Ron Shelton to pump him again. How gritty everything is. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's real. Like they're, but with a, a comedic twist to it. Yes. Yeah. Hundred percent. You know, like this, like you mentioned about the courts being real, uh, the neighborhoods. The culture of streetball, the trash talking, Billy and Gloria living in these trashy hotels, motels, sorry, that are like really run down because that's what it would be like, right? Like it's not like a lot of things, places where they have them churched up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Everything is gritty. Like everything, Billy's clothes are disheveled. Like if they're going to be living like that, he's not going to have pristine stuff. Like his car is a little bit, it's nice, but, but Billy would have, you know, he was on a scholarship somewhere. So, he might have had a nice car back then, but it's run down, it's old, it's what it is, right? So I just like the realism around that. And then just a couple of notes on unrealistic stuff. They really left something out with uh, when Gloria gets on the show. Because Robert, the guy who's the security guard, yeah. he can get him on the get her on the lot. But what does that mean? He's a security guard. He can't get her on the show, can he? Yeah. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like how did she actually get on the show? There's like a process to get on these shows. It's not like a you security. You have to try out usually. You don't just show yeah. up in the lot and all of a sudden you're on the show. Yeah. So that part didn't really make any sense to me. So I, I actually looked up the process to get on Jeopardy. Contestants have to pass a minimum 
uh, eligibility requirement and take a 50 category test. And after passing that, if they do, there's a waiting list and then they select people based on number of different categories. Hmm. So she's not just going to show up on the lot and get in the show. So that nope. to me, that just really wasn't, there was something missing there. didn't really, wasn't really well done. Maybe she confused Trebek with her thirsty. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the, Stu- the Stucci brothers were a little bit too corny for me. If they were legit and spent all that time and money chasing Billy down and running them all over the country, he's getting a bullet. Sorry. <laughs> Polaroid is hilarious, though. Yeah. Yeah. On the random dirty mattress in some random dirty alley. At least in that, it's like if they ever tried to catch them on anything, it's like these people are alive. They're not dead. Unless one of them actually got shot by somebody and then they'd be screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, no, other than that, like there wasn't much in the movie that wasn't uh, realistic. It's just just classic Shelton. It's just really well done. So let's jump into the soundtrack. The film was scored by musician Benny Wallace. Wallace is a tenor saxophonist from Chattanooga, Tennessee, who has provided uh, original music for only two films, actually, White Man Can't Jump and Blaze, which are both Ron Shelton films. So I think he's a close buddy of his that he got to do it. What are your thoughts on the soundtrack? Great, great soundtrack to this. I saw, or sorry, I saw and I heard, I heard some Jimi Hendrix, I heard some James Brown, I heard some Aretha Franklin on there, I believe. I'd like, I thought it was great. Was it Ray Charles? Yep. I thought I heard a Ray Charles. I'm like, this is a great soundtrack. This is a maybe, it kind of blew my mind. Webb said earlier, he's like, you're going to be surprised by this soundtrack. When I heard it, I was like, this could be like a top three of soundtracks where I'm like, we have a lot of classicals. Jamer last week said that Varsity Blues was his favorite movie, sports movie soundtrack. This one is mine, hands down. Uh, it has everything, right? It has... Uh, I like to call it the old school happy hip hop of the early 90s. But then you also mix in like this is how I love that it shows the grittiness of a character like Sydney. He's sitting there and he's pulling at the they're going to make the bet that uh, Woody Harrelson loses his money to about dunking. Right. And they're sitting in the firebird and they're listening to old school Cypress Hill. Right. And like Mm. Cypress Hill would have just dropped at this point in time. Um, so like just gritty, like very street level stuff there. So it just kind of brings some authenticity to, uh, to Sydney. And then, I mean, anytime you throw James Brown in a soundtrack, hello, like this is the godfather of soul. This is what hip hop comes from. Like this is to me, like you don't get much better than this. Then you throw in the OJs, you throw in Ray Charles, you throw in Aretha, you like, it's this one. I don't know. His he he probably needed that extra fifteen million for the half a day because he blew it all on the the songs and the, mm-hmm. trying to get all the licensing for the music. But it's so amazing. Uh, this one has so many great ones, like the Venice Beach Boys, all these things. I added a bunch of them to my playlist too, and I've been rocking through the, them. The this week. theme song itself, right? The like OJ's, the one, like, yeah, oh. the, mm-hmm. and like. It's just so like when you hear it, you're automatically taken back to like that. It it if it has the perfect feel for like southern Southern California, yeah, like yeah, LA, yeah. like LA Venice Beach vibe. Like it's just it's the perfect song for this movie. I love the early '90s like music. I love the neon. Yeah. And, and I mean, we're, we're, that was our era, right? Like, we're bicycle 90s babies. Hats. Yeah. Well, we're 80s babies, but we were yeah. 90s kids. This was, yeah, this was a throwback. Like, yeah. you know, when you think about watching uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, all that stuff, like, that stuff just like, really yeah. resonates. I, I know own three Varnays. Oh, <laughs> Varnays were the best. Do you have a Colnago hat, though? No. Colnago? Oh, I did not. Need a you can actually get that hat. I looked on an AliExpress. So, I, what is it? What is Colnago? Because I never really. So, it's a bike company. That's what I thought. Okay. 
Because it yeah. looks like a bicycle hat. Yeah, it's a bicycle makes, hat. It makes it even. It makes uh, Wesley Snipes' character even more oh. hilarious to me. Cool as hell. Cool as hell. All right, so let's just before we just finally wrap this one up, we're gonna do a quick thing here because we had talked about earlier, and there's been lots of buzz about a remake for this movie. If we're doing a remake, who do you have, boys, playing some of these characters? Yeah, so Kenya Burris, uh, who's done like Blackish uh, and, and of the fame, and then if you if you've watched uh, his uh, his show on Netflix, Black as a Black as a fuck or Black AF, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, he's he's set to redo this or he's scheduled to redo this. I guess I've, I've got some choices. I'm gonna throw it over to you first, Jr. Who you got? Okay, first to play Billy Hoyle, I'm going Efron. I think he could carry that character. Zach Efron? Yeah, Zach Efron. Pick. I'm going to go Zach Efron to carry the character. I think he would be huge. And he's one of my main guys. To play uh, Rosie Perez's character, I'm still going to go with Sophia Vareg- Vergara. Okay. Vergara. Okay. I, th- okay. I know she's a little bit older, but I think she could still do it because she looks pretty young. I think she can do it. That's Efron, think- Efron can pull any ass. Too. That's the first thing I thought of when I saw her. She's about... Eight years younger than Rosie Perez. There's not a big age gap, but I think because we're modern family thing, she could still pull it off. Okay. And I'm going to go off the grid on Sidney Dean. Chad Ochocinco. I think he's athletic enough. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. he loves the camera enough. He's I good think baller, Efron actually. could help him. I think he's super mouthy. Oh, he's chirpy. Yeah. I think he could do it. He's there. The size is kind of like, I mean, he's a little bit bigger, obviously, but I think he could pull it off. Yeah. I had er- originally Reggie from Ballers. As my guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he could do it too, but okay. I think Chad Johnson or Oach, whatever, okay. I don't know what he goes by right now. I think off the grid, I think he'd be great for it. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I, I was going to say for uh, Sidney Dean, I got uh, kind of in the same baller's vein, I got uh, John David Washington. Denzel's Very good kid. pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, Very he's essentially, to me, he's essentially playing Ricky that he already plays on ballers. Yeah. Like, um, maybe a little bit more uh, in your face, but like he, he plays that role already. So he's I think athletic he's, as all Yeah. Game. I like your pick of Afron. My only problem with Afron is he's too good looking, right? Like oh, so you, you need to have, <laughs> he'd be a little different. Like he, he'd be a different Billy Hoyle. Yeah. And I, I think he'd if, be a cocky Billy Hoyle, but he'd be a little like, mm-hmm. maybe not as aloof. And so goofy. I think if we're going like, let's say the script is, you know, uh, fairly similar, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually went with Dave Franco, who is also a pretty good-looking dude. Ooh, good but he's the younger, good undercover. He's, he's, the, he's the younger Franco. Yep. He's kind of a little bit more under wow. the radar. He's been in movies with Zac Efron. Uh, he's a mm-hmm. good-looking dude, but he's also kind of goofy. So I feel like he could pull off that role pretty well. Very Rosie good. Perez, I got nobody. I, I, I that's why I went with Vergara. I, I you know what? Like if if she looks good still, she might be able to play it again. You know what? She I. I don't know, like, because I was sitting there thinking, like, who if there if if we're gonna go with someone of of uh, Hispanic, you know, culture and, and heritage, it, there's not too many out there that are like big enough. Rosie right? Perez might do it too if you said uh, your opposite is Zac Efron. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd do it if it was uh, Zac Efron. <laughs> Put a wig on Efron. Good to go. Flood and basement since High School Musical <laughs> one. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna go quick here. I'm gonna say uh, I'll start with Billy. I got Channing Tatum. Good pick. That's a great pick. We so, talked about that one. We did talk about because he, he's done stuff. Sorry. Yeah, I, I I want my guys to be athletes, mm-hmm. and he's he's done Coach Carter. He's a good athlete. He does a lot. He's he's got a comedic side to him yeah. with uh, Absolutely. Jump Twenty One Twenty One Jump Street. Jump Street. Those, yep. those are good. So to to me, he can play a goofy guy. For I sure. think he, he's got some range for sure, and he and I think he'd be a good ball player. Uh, I got Michael B. Jordan. 
But I, I thought, you know what, if you really wanted to like branch into like the athletes maybe coming in, like Kyrie Irving can act. He might be okay. He's so big, though. He probably acts better than he plays no, he's, basketball. What, what's Kyrie Irving? Like six? Yeah, he's pretty big. He's like six two or six. No, actually, I think he's like six four. I'd have to look that up. But he's bigger than Channing Tatum's six two. Yeah, but oh, that would work. Kyrie's, play off each Kyrie's bigger than you think. Is he? Okay, yeah, he's bigger work, than. Though. you And I thought maybe Dwayne Wade could maybe do it. He might. Dwayne be Wade, too big if too. Want, yeah, Dwayne Wade. I mean, Dwayne Wade. I think the only problem with Dwayne Wade it would be he'd be too good. Yeah, yeah a little bit too hard to play oh, okay. play with yeah. in those. He'd have to dumb it down. Yeah. Um, for Gloria, I had uh, Tiffany Haddish, so I was going kind of going in a different direction with Fair that enough. one. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I just think she's, she's hilarious. Too. Yeah, she's yeah. good. She's yeah. really funny. And then for um, Raymond, I wanted to go <laughs> a little bit farther down the list here. Raymond, I had Udonis Hazel. <laughs> yes. UD. I, I, I think he'd just be a great Raymond. Either, or maybe if you if you want to go off the grid here, you could go Zach Randolph or Michael Beasley. I want an NBA guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think those guys could pull it off too. Yeah, Michael Beasley are, might be too good looking. Those are picks, some James. great picks, Jamer. Nice um, I like all three of those. For Zebo, Zebo, I got throw one. Picks. I got to throw one out for Junior Kevin Hart. Yeah, that's an easy one. Yeah, uh, and That'd be a small role for Kevin. Very, very Hart, small. Though. Yeah, but he'd probably do it for that. He movie. would just yeah. just to, to be, be in that. That'd be great. Yeah, that's true. It's getting back a little bit. For Eddie the King, Faru and Duck Johnson, I had Ray for Alston and God Sham God. That makes sense. That's totally that's right. Classic. That's me. Yeah. Um, That'd be cool if they and I mean those guys are. I the think, reason I picked them is because they're street gods. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those guys grew up on the street uh, sure. street balling scene, so mm-hmm. that's why I had them. And um, let's throw Gary Payton in there again. Yeah, yes. GP. I Put actually did. I had him in there. If you wanted to go off the like a little different direction, I was going to go GP and Jason Kidd. That'd be cool. Oakland yeah. connection. That'd be yeah. kind of fun there. You know. Oakland baby. Let's do our movie wrap up now. Where is this uh, amongst basketball movies and all time sports movies? Uh, basketball, I got to put it right in those top, probably top two of basketball movies all time. I feel like I grew up with it. Sports movies, it's got to be in the top 12, probably for me. Okay. Anybody you talk to, nobody dislikes White Men Can't Jump. I've talked to some of the people. I talked, I talked to a friend of mine earlier tonight, and he's like, What movie are you doing tonight? I said, White Men Can't Jump. And he goes, Shout out Chris Runyons. He goes, uh, oh, great movie, Krusty. Krusty. So, thanks, Krusty, for that. Uh, can't go wrong with that. Web? All right. So as a basketball fan and played, you know, most of my young life, <laughs> I can't have this as my all-time basketball movie. It's up there, but it's two for me. Okay. And okay. number one is okay. above the rim. And yeah. uh, we'll get Good into movie. reasons. We'll get into reasons why. But number one is above the rim for me. But uh, this is two. Um, it's up there, uh, and it's in, you know, I, I would, I was struggling back and forth where I put it, uh, whether I had it ahead of like Hoosiers or, or, uh, Hoop Dreams and some of those other basketball movies. Um, but it's two for me, um, just because it's, it's Shelton, like you said, and it's comedic. Um, and there's, there's longevity to this movie. Like I just watched it and it was the first time I'd watched it probably in about, you know, two or three years, and it was just as funny and just as entertaining to me now as it was when I watched it the first time when I was like thirteen. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's up there for me uh, in terms of all time sports movies. I have it just outside of my top five. I've got it at seven. Very good. I'm I'm going to be real quick and easy. It's number one in basketball, and it's in my top five. Yeah. I just love it. I, yeah. It's one of my favorite movies, and I watch it. At least once a year, and I enjoy it just as much as the first time, as you mentioned. It what? ages really well. Oh God, yeah. 
That's it does. You know why? It's the longevity piece. Yeah. You yeah. get a, you get a, you get some uh, rosy Perez side boob. You get to throw in there. You're good to go. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, this is a great one. All right, everybody. Hope you liked episode ten. Thanks again to everybody for listening, engaging with us on social. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. And please continue to engage with us on Twitter at Big League Flicks and on Instagram at Big League Flicks Pod. And don't forget to check out the newest story. Uh, we got some pretty cool swag for Raj. Uh, so have a great night, everybody. Go Raps. JR, what do you got? Take care, everybody. Thanks again for listening. Go Raps. Time to watch the game, boys. Big League Flicks, Jordan, Christian, and Jammer talking movies about sports and the good and the glamour. Got a cold beer pairing for the leading lady staring. Fun facts and trivia and man rocket comparing. Soundtracks and music, they'll rate all these things. Was it real or did they lose us as the fat lady sings? Talking junk, have a giggle, comedy, drama, romance. The film delivers six to noon in my pants With their big bag of tricks These podcast critics Jordan, Christian, and Jammer With Big League Flicks Jordan, Christian, and Jammer With Big League Flicks Jordan, Christian, and Jammer With Big League